morning, good morning, family. It is certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. God is so awesome. He's good all the time and all the time. God is good. And I'm glad to have you to join us in the sanctuary here at the Second Mount Beulah Baptist Church. I certainly trust you have a wonderful week, amen. I trust that you were triumphant and it's wonderful to be able to fellowship this way. Uh, one thing I like, one thing that I do like and I do enjoy, and that is the fact that there is nothing that can stop the word of God from going on, amen. And so we are certainly uh, grateful for this opportunity to come to you in your home, in your workplace, wherever you are. And um, I, 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 I just, just want to encourage you this morning, um, um, things will get better. Things will get better. I certainly do not want to monopolize uh, uh, the Lord's time, uh, but it would just not be good for any pastor not to say anything about the troubles of the world that uh, uh, that would face in the trouble uh, toward black men in particular, amen. And um, it, it, it is relevant, it's real. We see it going on over and over and over again. And, and, and we as a black community, we do have a right to be angry. We have a right uh, to be upset. And uh, uh, because it, it, it continues to happen. And I just want to take just a, a very brief moment uh, uh, to, to address this because it needs to be addressed. Uh, I see the protests going on. I'm for protesting. But the question is, what happens after the protest? Because times have changed. During the civil rights movement, during the Martin Luther King era, um, protesting worked. Why? Because the minds of people were different. Um, in this day and age, I really don't see protesting working. It gets the attention of people for a brief moment. And uh, once the protester goes home, uh, things go back to the way they were. So therefore, the problem is still prevalent in our society today with, um, just to say it like it is, white cops killing black men. But we have to understand that all white cops are not bad. Everybody that dress in blue is not bad. We have a lot of great cops out there that, that knows what it is to protect and serve. But there are a few bad apples out there. And until our police chiefs and sheriffs, those who are in charge, mayors uh, get rid of these uh, cops that have gone rogue, so to speak. We're going to continue to have this problem. And as a black community, we have to hold people accountable, those elected officials, officials. It is mandated that we hold them accountable. And so many of us have
We need to be at the polls voting by the U.S. Senators, the state senator. We need to vote for the sheriff. We need to vote, amen. Amen. Every voting office, we need to be there. We need to go to these council meetings. Uh, we need to go to these town hall meetings. And whatever is near and dear to your heart, have your questions ready. Ask them. And never accept a political answer. What are you talking about, Pastor? What I'm talking about is every time we look on television, and I'm going to use, for instance, a presidential candidate, and they're standing there on stage, and the audience asks their questions. And if you notice, no candidate ever answers a question directly. Um, they always beat around the question and never give an answer to the question. Well, if that's the answer that a candidate wants to give you, they don't deserve your vote. Um, but we have to hold our elected officials accountable for doing the right thing. And until we do, until we use our voice, until we use our right to vote, we can protest from now until kingdom come and we'll get very little results. Because if we think about it, I always say we have to look at the pattern of things. If we think about it, every time a black man has been wrongfully killed or murdered in police custody, they go home to their families for several days, several weeks, until people began to protest. It's not until then they will do an arrest. Uh, they will have their day in court. But unfortunately, what the trend is, they get acquitted. So something has to change. And the only one to change it is us. We have to do our due diligence. Um, I woke up this morning, I shared with my wife a subject, and um, it was amazing when I got to church. I got a, uh, I got a uh, notification from my Facebook page, and I just want to share that with us what a classmate, um, what a classmate had, uh, had posted on Facebook. Because, yes, I'm guilty of this as well, but when I woke up this morning, I had kind of a different thought. My classmate from elementary school all the way up through high school back in Louisiana, she posted, stop bringing up black on black crime. We understand black-on-black -black crime is a problem. But when Ray Ray kills Tyrone, Ray Ray goes to jail for life. Our issue is when Officer Bob kills unarmed Tyrone, even with video, audio, video, and 19 witnesses, Officer Bob goes home on paid administrative leave. And that is the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. And I do want to tell because we got a lot of good white brothers, white sisters, uh, Mexican brothers and sisters, Spanish, um, Asian descent, a lot of good brothers and sisters that is out there protesting and wanting to see the right thing and, and is as sick of, of seeing this matter over and over again as the black community. And so I just want to want to thank our black uh, our other nationalities of brothers and sisters for uh, for supporting the cause uh, that we see. And now we're going to get in the Word of God. This is Pentecost 
Sunday, amen. This is Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the Christian church. Pentecost Sunday, and this is what we celebrate, amen. Glory to God, but I just could not get into the word, but get into the word without addressing though that important issue. The pulpit is not for a pastor uh, uh, to preach on in and everything. We should preach Christ, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, amen. That's what the pulpit is for. And so turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. The book of Ephesians chapter 4, there is a word from the Lord that you will find relevant to right where you are in this life. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, as we open the pages of this living, breathe word that you have provided for us, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, dear God, that you touch every heart mind and soul at this present time all who are watching all who are listening Lord God Father I realize that our minds have, have may have other pressing things important things on it Lord God but help us to clear our mind and hearts and our emotions to hear what thus saith the Lord and Father God I ask that you heal dear God those who are wounded Lord God those who are hurting, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And those who are simply just tired and angry over the same old, same old. You are the God of peace. You are the God that healeth thee. You are the God, dear God, that avenges those that bring harm upon us for no reason. Father God, we bless your name. And now it's word time, Lord. It's time for your life-breathed word to be preached. And I ask that you anoint me afresh, Lord God, that I may do your will and preach your word and bring people closer to you and allow your word to call salvation unto the sinner, Lord God. And we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 4. The book of Ephesians chapter 4. We want to look at verses 1 through 6. Verses 1 through 6. The book of Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 6. Apostle Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The word of God for the people of God. Glory to God. I want to talk to you from the subject, a time for unity. A time for unity. Because all through the Bible we read about the importance of unity. We read about the power of unity. We read about powerful events due to a group of people being unified. Genesis 11 and 7, the Bible says that unity is so powerful that God himself had to confuse the language of the people to prevent them from building a tower to reach heaven. And in this same story, 
The Bible declares that unity is so powerful that the same people who was building this tower of Babel, it impressed God so much that God himself told his son, he said, let us go down and see what they're doing. Unity, unity is more powerful than we can ever imagine. Through unity and obedience, Joshua and his men and the seven priests marched around the walls of Jericho six times. And on the seventh march, God fulfilled his promise and gave them the city. We're talking about the importance of unity. It's time for unity. Gideon's army defeated the Midianites. He started out with 31,700 soldiers, amen. Glory to God. He started out actually with 32,000 soldiers, but 31,700 soldiers. He, they left Gideon's army. They did not have the heart. They did not have the right perception, amen. They did not have the heart to be unified with Gideon. But 300 stayed, amen. And they won the war because of unity. Because of unity in the second chapter of Acts, a mighty move of God took place that revolutionized the Christian church. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they was all in one place on one accord. Amen. So the question comes, why did not the Holy Ghost come before the day of Pentecost? Amen. Well, first of all, we have to understand prior to Pentecost, the believers was not assembled together in one place. And when they got there, amen, when they went to Jerusalem and when they got in one place, it took them some time to get on one accord, amen. That's why the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, amen, you see, that the, uh, uh, there's a time when things fully come, amen. Things has to take place before the time fully comes, glory to God. There is power in unity, amen. There is power in unity. Unity is so important to God that the book of Genesis, during the creation, God himself, he spoke the entire world into existence. God simply said, let there be. And whatever God said, let there be. That's what became into existence. Amen. Are you following me? But I need you to understand something. God did something different when he created man. I'm telling you this because you need to see who you are in Christ. You need to know who you are in Christ. Because when you know who you are in Christ, glory to God, can't nobody break you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Yes, yes, yes. Because when it came to God creating man, I need somebody to know that God thought so much of you. He thought so much of me. He thought so much of us in so much that he himself wanted to demonstrate the power of unity, amen. Because as he saved the best for the last, glory to God. You see, you got to realize that you're not, you, you, you're not less than a human being. You're not less than an animal, amen. God created animals. He created botany. He created the land and the sea. And at last, he saved the best for the last, glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He saved the best for the last. He created the whole earth. And at last, when he thought of how priceless the soul of mankind is, how powerful the, 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 that the mind of men and women are, how industrious and resourceful mankind is, God said, this part of my creation is so precious and so valuable. I don't want to indulge in this part of the creation by myself. I want to share this. I have to share this creation. I need to share this portion of the creation with my only begotten son. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. That's why Genesis 1, 26 
God spoke into eternity and told his only begotten son as well as the Holy Ghost. He said, let us make man in our own image. Amen. Glory to God. You were created in the image of God. Amen. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. You were created in God's image after his likeness. And God said, let them have dominion. Man, what, let me tell you, you were created to rule. Glory to God. Yes, you were created to have dominion. This is God demonstrating his mighty power of unity. That's what this is. It's God demonstrating his mighty power of unity. And this is what I need you to see this morning. That you are God's precious creation. And since you are God's precious creation. Don't allow the enemy to convince you. That you're only a third of a human being. Don't allow Satan to tear you down. By allowing people to speak the benediction over your life. Yes people will ostracize you. They will talk you down. Glory to God. They will perform acts against you trying to make you think that they are superior of you. They perform all this evil against you to keep you from evolving into the real you whom God created you to be. Amen. Glory to God. God created all of us, no matter what your color is, in his own image. Amen. And yes, we, 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 we lost our connection with God in the garden of in the garden, glory to God, of Eden, because of the sin that Adam did, Amen. We lost since we lost our connection with Him, we lost our vision, our view of who we are, Amen. We lost our perception of the image of God. But God, thanks be to God, He didn't leave us lost, Amen, because He sent His only begotten Son in this world. Glory to God, that whosoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm here to tell you that if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, amen, take the time to get in the book so that your mind can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Glory to God. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, amen. You will get back in touch with your image, amen. Yes, 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 yes. You see, you see what I'm, what, what, what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell you. People will perform all these evils against you to keep you from evolving into the real you whom God created you to be. But you have to ask yourself, why is all this evil force against us, amen? Let me tell you why. Because if they can break you, then they can own you. Yes, yes, if they can break you, they can own you. If they can break you to their view, break you down to their thoughts of you. Break you to dislike yourself. Break you to see through the lens of their perception of you. It is here where you have given them full ownership of your entire being. God help me this morning. And beloved, let me remind you that no creature of the dust, no devil, not the devil himself, or no demon should ever be in God's place in your life. Amen. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you again. Let me tell you again. Glory to God. There is no creature of the dust, not the devil himself, no demon should ever be in God's place in your life. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is the only one who should have full ownership of your entire being. Why? Glory to God. I feel like preaching in here today. Because God is the only one who is qualified to break me. You see, when God breaks me, he never breaks me to insult me. When God breaks me, he don't break me to give me a bad perception of my identity, amen. But he breaks me and he molds me to lift me up 
He breaks me and he molds me to lift my mind, lift my thoughts, lift my views of myself through the lens of his vision so that I can see all of me through his eyes so that I may be fully satisfied. Oh, somebody going to get that before the week is out. You see, Psalm 91, 16, David said, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Glory to God in order to glorify him so that I may be fully satisfied. You see, I really can't glorify God if I'm not fully satisfied. It takes a satisfied man. It takes a satisfied woman. It takes a satisfied spirit to give God the glory that only God deserves. Amen. Good God Almighty. Somebody ought to come in. Only God can break me. Only God can break me. Only God can break me. You see, God breaks me to build me. He breaks me to lift me up. He breaks me to put me on another level. He breaks me to advance me. He breaks me to promote me. He breaks me to exalt me. He breaks me to make me better. And it's all glory to God. It's all glory to God. For then I become a vessel for his glory. That he may be glorified through me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what the breaking is for. It's so that he may be glorified through me. Yes, yes. You see, scripture warns us. I'm going to shift now. Stay with me. Scripture warns us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. It, it, scripture warns us, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest Satan himself should take advantage of us, amen. You see, I'm going here because you need to know that the devil knows the Bible as well as you know it, amen. Truth be told, he knows it better than you, glory to God. And I believe Satan himself, he reads Hebrews 12 and 1. I think he read it every day, amen, because to remind himself that he himself has a choice. Well, what's the choice Satan has? He's got the choice to either tempt you or to put weight on you. If he knows that you have overcome temptation, then he won't tempt you. But what he will do is put weight on you. Amen. Glory to God. You see, Paul, Apostle Paul encourages us, encourage every believer in Hebrews 12 and 1. He says, let us lay aside every weight and descend which so easily beset us. You see, either or, weight or sin will hold you back. Weight or sin, it will handicap your walk with God. It will cause your walk with God to be tainted. Amen. That's why it's so important for you to walk with God and not God walk with you. You see, so many times we want to bring God down on our level. Amen. Come on, somebody. You know, that was, that was a nice song we used to sing back in the day. Walk with me, Lord. It's a good song, but bad theology. Why do you say that, preacher? Because I don't need God walking with me. I need to walk with God. If God walks with me, I'm bringing God down on my level. And if God walks with me, I might start walking in too many messy places. Come on, somebody. But if I walk with God, glory, hallelujah. People of God, I want you to know that sin is not the only thing that will hinder your Christian walk. Weight will stop you from progressing. You don't believe it? What were you doing this past week? What were you doing this past week? So involved with CNN. About the murder that happened to George Floyd. Glory to God. That's weight. That's weight. It'll stop you from progress and it'll stop you in your track. It will 
cause you to get tired and make you want to get even. Amen. Weight will cause you to grow weary in waiting on God. It will hinder your Christian walk. Weight is the catalyst that will cause you to surrender your joy. Amen. But you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses and learn to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. And you got to run with patience this race that is set before you. And as you're running this race, you have to look at Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith. And say like the songwriter say, it ain't over until God says it's over. Glory to God. You ought to praise him right there, right where you are. Because church, I want to increase your awareness of the fact, glory to God, that folk can, they cannot influence you to sin, but they will put weight on you, amen. They'll scandalize your name. They won't cooperate with you. They won't celebrate your success. And they'll try to make you feel bad about celebrating. Yes, they'll manipulate you through your through their own jealousy, having you thinking you did something wrong. But baby, you got to tell them that you are the salt of the earth. But let me tell you something. If you don't know what salt really is, you can't say it. You can't confess it. You cannot profess it with the power and the authority that Jesus intended for you to speak with. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to bring this on home to the church. Amen. You see, in Matthew 5, 13, Jesus tells us we are the salt of the earth. And we have to understand that even though salt is cheap when you go to the store, but we have to understand that salt is extremely valuable. Amen. You see, salt does not only provide flavor, but salt is also a preservative, amen. You see, without salt, oxidation occurs, amen. And oxidation is nothing but corrosion, which produces free radicals, amen. I'm going somewhere with this. And you know, free radicals, if we put it in the context of people, Free radicals are people that are always starting confusion. Come on, somebody. Stay with me here. Because I told you I'm bringing this to the church. And when I say I'm bringing it to the church, I'm not talking about brick and mortar, amen. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you, and I'm talking about me, amen. Glory to God. You see, when church have folk with only a zeal or a passion of God, but denies the power of God, it's going to have at least one or several unpaired electron. Amen. You see, an unpaired electron is a person or people that is unstable and highly reactive to miss, which instigates a chain of reaction that brings damage to others. Amen. You see, but antioxidants such as salt, which is you, my brothers and my sisters. You see, we are antioxidants. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, amen. And since you're salt, you're an antioxidant. We terminate or get rid of those of these certain chain reactions by destroying these unpaired electrons, unholy actions toward the church, amen. And therefore, when these unpaired electrons or unpaired people allow their tongues to become loose with all their criticism with no solution, understand that's the beginning of oxidation. That's the beginning of corrosion. When folk talk against the church and talk about the preacher, that's the beginning of oxidation. That is the beginning of corrosion. You see, oxidized folk, oxidized folk are corroded folk or damaging, amen. What, what do you mean, pastor? What I'm trying to tell you is that they kill the vibrant spirit that keeps the church thriving. They kill the church luster where the church is no longer a beacon in the community. It becomes just another building. Come on, somebody. Yes, yes, yes. I need you to understand that the church 
is an organism. It is functional. And when oxidized or corroded, people began to initiate disorder in the church. And if you, the church, don't realize that you are the salt of the earth, the church then becomes dysfunctional, amen. We got to have some salt in the church, amen. We have to have people who are salt in the body of Christ, amen. In order that the church does not become dysfunctional. Because when oxidation or corrosion occurs, when backbiting starts, you see, this is corrosion, backbiting, when, and lying tongues are loose, and when corroded folk that is full of envy and strife begin gossiping, it kills the worship service, amen. It shuts the door on the Holy Ghost. The church is no longer a beacon in the community, but the church becomes just like a social club world. Yes, 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 yes. That's why I'm afraid for the church right now. And the reason why I'm afraid for the church is because the Christian community looks like it's becoming more and more like the world, amen. We should not resemble the world, amen. The world looks to us as a better way to live. The world looks to the, should look to the Christian community, amen, and be able to identify our moral values, amen. Come on, somebody. And therefore, when you see weight and sin sneaking in on your brothers or sisters, creeping up on your brothers or sisters, you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are indeed the salt of the earth. Because since you're the salt of the earth, God left you with the responsibility to make an impact on corroded folk. Amen. Because, glory to God, when you exercise the spirit of God in you, these damaging personalities will not stay in your circle. Amen. They will either leave your circle or conform to the holiness behavior that you have. Amen. You see, gossip can't do any damage because you being the salt will not allow gossip to spread, amen. You being salt will stop lies before lies start. You being salt will rebuke envy and jealous spirits, amen. You are the salt of the earth. Glory to God. And I encourage you, don't let nobody turn you around. If you never heard before, I need to let you know that you are a child of the king. If nobody ever talked you up, let me tell you, you are from royal blood, amen. It is time for unity. And you got to know that you know that you know who you are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you've advanced in the kingdom of God, you ought to be there using a labor of love and issuing a labor of love to your brothers and sisters that are struggling, that need your help. And somebody watching me this morning might be stricken with worriness, might be stricken with uneasiness, might be stricken with so many unanswered questions, amen. Yes, you're smiling, yes, you're holding your heads up high, yes, you look sanctimony, but down on the inside, you're wounded and you're broken because you're tired. But I need you to know that God has heard your cry. And what I'm telling you, glory to God, is that even though you're going through, it's time to sing your song. Why? Because your main purpose for living is to give God glory. You got to give him glory when you're up. You got to give him glory when you're down. You got to give him glory when you feel like you're on a mountaintop. You got to give him glory when you're down deep in the valley. You got to give him glory when you're smiling. You ought to give him glory when you're crying. Amen. Because I hear the Lord say in Isaiah 43, 7. He says, everyone that is called by my name, I have created them to give me glory. You see, the enemy has crept into your thinking, but you ought to shout anyhow. Because I hear David say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So all I'm trying to tell you is don't wait till the battle is over. Amen. Don't wait until you hear the verdict. Amen. You want to go at home 
and shout right now. You ought to go it on and sing. You ought to go it on and give him glory right now. Praise be unto God from whom all blessings flow. Walls may be yet standing. Enemies could be all around you. You haven't been delivered from your stronghold. Wicked focus on every hand, but I need to encourage you to sing and give God glory anyhow. Amen. Ain't no use in saying victory shall be mine. Saying victory is mine. Amen. When you say is, you're talking about right now. You're talking about present. While the war drums are yet beating. While the enemy is cursing and swearing. While the devil says, I got your bound. You ought to be singing and rejoicing that victory is mine. Amen. Glory to God. People of God, it's your time to rejoice. It's your time to sing. It's your time to stop complaining. But sing your victory song. Amen. Don't wait till the battle is over. You don't even have to fight the battle. Amen. Glory to God. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. You need to be like David when King Saul took off all of his armor and put it on David. And it was too big for David. If I use my sanctified imagination... David would tell King Saul, this stuff ain't going to work in this battle, amen. Why? Because this is a spiritual battle, amen. And you have to fight. You have to fight the enemy, glory to God, in the spiritual realm. What are you talking about, Pastor? When is the last time you prayed about this situation? I'm not talking about casually praying. I'm talking about falling down on your knees, going to the Lord about what's going on in your life. How troubled your emotions are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual battle. You got to fight this thing with the word. You got to fight it with prayer. You got to fight it with your spiritual language. Amen. You got to fight it like never before. Yes, yes, yes. And I need to let you know that if your cause is just, God will make your enemies your footstool. I'm telling you what I know it happened in my own life. If you're standing on God's side, can't nobody keep you down. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't know about anybody else who's watching me right now. But I'm going to sing my victory song. I'm going to shout my victory shout. I'm going to dance my victory time, my victory dance. Why? Because the time has come. Amen. Glory to God. And you ought to tell somebody that the time has come. The time has come for you to sing your song. You may not know what voice you sing in. You may not know what key that you sing in. You may be in between flat or sharp. Amen. But somewhere down in the cracks between the keys. But sing your victory song anyhow. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is time for unity. But the first step to unity is knowing who you are, who Christ created you to be. God is good. He is good. His word is true. His word is everlasting. And he will be with you until the ends of time. We serve a God with all power in his hand. Everything that is troubling your life, you have to release that in the spirit realm so God can take care of it. You don't have a right to be sad. You don't have a right to be troubled, but you do have a right to rejoice, amen. You don't have a right to keep your mouth closed, but you do have a right to glorify God. We got to learn how to use our rights. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for ministering to us on this day. We thank you for filling us with your spirit on this day. We thank you for giving us a new outlook on what we're dealing with across this nation, Lord God. And Father, we declare and we decree that we're going to start fighting this battle.
spirit realm. But yet we have a responsibility to deal with some of these things here on earth, Lord God. But it starts in the spirit realm. And as we fight this battle in the spirit realm, we ask that you lead us and you guide us. As you promised in your word that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in all truth. And that's what we need. We need your Holy Spirit to also comfort us. You said in your word that you will leave us a comforter. And on the day of Pentecost, that comforter, that comforter was received first by those in Jerusalem in the, in the upper room. And we thank you. And Father, for all of us who is blood bought, born again through your Son, Jesus Christ, we have a right to receive the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that you help every believer to understand under my voice that the way that you receive the Holy Spirit, just ask for it. Ask the Lord to fill you with his Spirit. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. And if you're born again and if you ask for it, you will receive it. And we thank you, Lord. And Father, we put at the altar the injustice that we see so vividly toward black men. Father, we lay it at the altar all of our hurt, all of our pain, each and every time that we see a white cop murder a black man. And at the end, there is no justice. We put that on your account, Lord God. We put all of our wounds, all of our concerns on your account because you're a big God. Since you're a big God, you do us big things. And Father, we asking that you move on our behalf, Lord God. For the things that we're asking for, that is biblically correct, Lord God. Because it is true that you have created every man, woman, boy, and girl equally, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. And we bind the spirit of the minds of those that, that behaves and acts out the white supremacist behavior. We bind the spirit of hatred, Lord God. We bind the spirit of racism, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of injustice. And Father, we ask him that your glory be revealed in all of this, Lord God. And we pray for a healing in the black community. We pray for a healing in all of our white brothers and white sisters and Hispanic brothers, Hispanic sisters and Asian brothers and Asian sisters, Lord God. Every nationality with the moral value and sees the wrong in the things that's been happening to black men. And Father God, we pray for your healing in all of us, Lord God. And we ask it, dear God, that this part of this evil nation comes to, a, comes to an end, that it comes to a cease. Because we know, dear God, we know that America has a grimy history, Lord God. And that is the truth. But Father God, through it all, you have kept your loving arms around us. Through it all, you heal us time after time, after time, after time, after time. And Father, we thank you for it. And we bless your name. Father, we pray for those white supremacists. We pray for those who think that they are supreme over us, Lord God. 
And we pray and we ask that you touch their very hearts, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Because, Father God, they have a soul too. And just like our soul is important to you, their souls are important to you. Change their thinking, Lord God. Help them to put on the love of Christ. Help them to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we give your name the praise. Your name the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now is our time to continue worshiping in our giving. Amen. We can worship in our giving. Thank God that we're able to give. Amen. You know, every time I give, I give with a smile. Amen. Why is that, Pastor? Because I know what it is not being able to give. I know what it is not, not having. Amen. And since the Lord has blessed me so wonderful, I can't help but to bless him back so wonderful with my giving. Amen. And you can give four ways. Glory to God. You can give four ways. And if you want to give, you can give a little in all four ways. Amen. Hallelujah. You can give online on our website at www.smbbc.org. That's www.smbbc.org. Amen. Go on the left side of your page towards the bottom. Right before you get to the bottom, you can click on the link that says give. Or you can text to give at 803-590-9821. That's 803-590-9821. When you text, just text the word give and you will receive a text. You just follow the instructions and give. You can drive through the church today between 1230 and 1 p.m. with your tithe and offering and other financial contributions. Last and finally, you can mail your financial contributions to the church at our secured box at 111 Old Belleville Road. That's in St. Matthew, South Carolina, 29135. That's 111 Old Belleville Road, St. Matthew, South Carolina, 29135. I'm going to leave us today in a different way than I've done in the past. I'm going to leave us with a song to encourage us. Amen. And before... You get offline. I just want you to listen to this song, amen. Because God is awesome, amen. God bless you.